This is the Stupid Football Thoughts podcast brought to you by Stupid Football Thoughts on Instagram. Uh, we're here with Charlie. Charlie, what's your screen name there on Instagram? Um, I'm Big Blue View. Um, Big Blue. On the Giants page. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on, man. No problem. Anytime. So we can probably just jump right into this because Adrian Peterson is out there tweeting about the Giants. So give me your thoughts. I like the move, if, if we make a move, depending on the price, of course, because one of the reasons why it's potentially going to get cut by Minnesota is due to the $18 million cap that he's set to have for the 2017 season. So I'm kind of worried about getting too much, having giving him too much money. But um, other other than that, like I I'd love to make that that deal, just because he's um he's a proven veteran in this league, obviously. He had a 2,000-yard season coming off of an ACL surgery in 2012 where he won the MVP. So, I mean, if we can get him after that, but, I mean, I, I would love that, especially with um, Paul Perkins, our, who, uh, both our rookie running back this past year, who looks to be the featured running back if all things stay where they are right now, with the Rashad Jennings cut, obviously. So I think that, that getting Adrian Peterson will definitely help with his development. So I, I would love to make that move, especially especially because of that reason. So you're not worried <clears throat> because this is, what, the third major industry uh, injury for Peterson? Second or third. He's, yeah, he's torn ACL. This is the meniscus, meniscus, right? Yeah, he just had a meniscus tear. Yeah, so this is, yeah, I mean, this is the second or third big injury for him. And he didn't look great at the start of the season, but – as every Vikings fan is happy to tell me anytime I rip on Sam Bradford, uh, their offensive line was horrible this year. So their um, offensive line was. Oh my god. Yeah, so I don't I don't the know Giants he's bad. How do you think he'll fit with that offense? Because you guys throw the ball a ton. Well one of the reasons why we throw the ball a ton is because our running game is so weak. So getting Adrian Peterson, who is who was the NFL's leading rusher in twenty fifth as recent as twenty fifteen. So that would definitely help like getting Peterson, obviously, because he's one of the better backs in the league, even though he is um approaching the thirty mark and is coming off a knee injury. I think that he's still a top back in the league, maybe not top ten, but he's definitely top twenty running back in the league and definitely a starter. And we don't, and we ran the running back. I'm sorry, I'm saying we just because I always say that when I talk no, about the Giants. But, it's all but, right, man. I, I do the same the thing Giants, with the Niners. In, yeah, in Ben McAdoo's system, they they run a running back by committee. Well, at least since he's been in New York, because we like there's Rashad Jennings, Andre Williams, Shane Vereen, Orleans Darqua. They all rotated back and forth, and then Paul Perkins this year. And even Bobby Rainey, like they they all rotated. So getting getting a single back, not really a single back, like a a primary running back would definitely help this offense. So I think that that would definitely help. That would really help in the running game. And one of the things that people and people point out another thing about our offense that we always throw the ball. That's because we have Odell Beckham Jr. and he was pretty much. Him and Sterling Shepard were pretty much our only two weapons that Eli's dispensed this past season. 
so we had to utilize them to the to the fullest. And obviously, you can't rely on throwing the ball every single play because then you're obviously going to get interceptions. Like the game against Philly on Thursday night, Giants Eagles, Eli had three interceptions. Everybody was overreacting to that, but Eli threw 63 passes that game. And that's when you know that your like your running game is awful when your quarterback has to throw 60 passes. You got to put some of that on McAdoo, though. I mean, there's there's got to be. I do I, I I do put a lot of it on McAdoo, but then again, I also I also love what McAdoo has done in a, in a bunch of different situations, especially his aggressive play calling. Though it didn't work against Pittsburgh, it really helped the Giants win a couple games. Like the um, the Cincinnati game, they went forward on fourth and goal. The Monday night game, they went forward fourth and goal, and they were down twenty to fourteen. And Sterling Shepard got a touchdown, and they ended up winning 21-20. to And then also the second Giants-Cowboys game, they were down 7 nothing. It was the third quarter. It was fourth There was fourth and three, and Eli threw a pass to Sterling Shepard, got the first down, ended up have, and getting a field goal on that drive, and we ended up winning 10-7. to So he's aggressive. And also against the Bears, he went for it on another fourth down situation, went to Shepard again and got the first down, and we scored a touchdown on that drive, and the Giants won by six. So a, a lot of this aggressive play calling this year has helped the Giants win many games. So I don't really have as much of a problem with it as a lot of other Giants fans do. But, I mean, that's, that's just my opinion. You've got as an, an informed opinion as anybody. How did you feel about uh, them letting Cruz go, Victor Cruz? Um, well, obviously, I like, really – I grew up watching Victor Cruz like six or seven years ago when I was like 11 or 12, like around that age. So like that, it's it's really like tough on me like from an emotional standpoint just because he's like one of my favorite players to like play in a giant uniform, won a Super Bowl, does has a single season um, receiving yards record for the Giants that he set in 2011, which is the same year he won the Super Bowl. 25 touchdowns at his time, and I saw something that the NFL Network posted on Instagram, like how he, um, how um, from the 2011 season to the point to the um, week where he had his um, torn patellar tendon on the Sunday night game in Philly in 2014, um, he had 18 games with 100 or more receiving yards. That was the third most of any receiver in that span, more than AJ Green, which I found very impressive. So I'm, he, he's definitely a great player. But in terms of, like, reality standpoint, it was the right move to make cutting Victor Cruz. He was set to have a nine, $9.4 million cap hit for the Giants in the 2017 season. They saved $7.5 million, of course, just because of the guaranteed money part of the contract where they had $1.9 in dead money. So, I mean, I, I, it was the right move. So I have no problem with it from a business standpoint, from a salary cap standpoint, especially when you have the highest paid player in the league on your, in your, in your salary cap in Eli Manning and the highest paid and no, the second or third highest paid non-quarterback in Olivier Vernon. So obviously cutting a player that only had 500 receiving yards and one touchdown in 15 games in the regular season, you, had, you have to make that move. Especially so where uh, where like the Giants are. where do you think you want? Obviously, as a big Victor Cruz fan, where do you want him to go? Um, I know that for me, whenever you know a good player was was 
leaving the Niners. Like when Frank Gore left, I, you know, I I didn't want him to go to the Eagles. Like he he almost signed that contract with the Eagles and then backed out and went to the uh, went to the Colts. And I was happy with that because you know he'd have a good quarterback and a good offensive system that he was used to and things like that. Mm-hmm. So where you know as, as a big Victor Cruz fan, where do you want him to go? I want him to play with the greatest quarterback to ever step on a football field, Tom Brady, in, in a New England Patriots uniform. Or I would like to see him play with Drew Brees in the New Orleans Saints. I want him to play with a Hall of Fame quarterback, just like he did in New York. I want him to play in a good offensive scheme. The Josh McDaniel scheme has definitely worked out for many receivers, and it looks like Sandy Amendola won't be going back to New England this year. So I think that he would just plop right into that role in New England. But I would also love to see him in um, New Orleans just because I think that he'll he'd really fit with the Drew Brees, Sean Payton team in that, in that maybe slot outside position, maybe like rotate with Brandon Cooks because I don't, I don't think he's a number one or number two receiver in the league anymore. I think he's a number three at best just because of those injuries because when you watch him play this year, he's lost much more than a step from his old self. <clears throat> yeah, those the, those catastrophic knee injuries, um, especially as bad as the one that he had, um, you know, coming back from an ACL usually takes about a year. But that that it the, was a, those, that tendon stuff, I think, with like the Achilles and the uh, yeah the, um, the calf and the, and the patellar tendon. Yeah, those just uh, those take a year or two to come back. I know when you know Crabtree tore his Achilles, um, you know, he came back, but it wasn't quite. You know, um, it wasn't the same. wasn't quite the same. But then everybody sees what he's done the last couple of years. Um, I think it well, just I mean, takes... that's it's Derek Carr. I, I feel I feel like Derek Carr has definitely helped Michael Crabtree's production in Oakland. Yeah, I think Derek listen, Carr. I, I, I'm I'm not taking anything away from Derek Carr. I just the explosiveness from Crabtree was there, then it wasn't there, and now it's back. Um, I think you I just think, need. I think it's also time from recovery. Like, I think that Victor Cruz may be, like, very good with another team. But at the same time, if I'm the Giants and he goes and wins another Super Bowl, let's just say with New England, and he has a solid three-year run there and has maybe a one Pro Bowl season, I'm fine with it. Like, I hope he does well. Like, there's no – unless, of course, he goes to an in-division team, just because I all feel like he's just taking a shot at the Giants. But – I don't see him doing that because he's not that he's not that type of guy. So, I mean, so you're, I saying, you're, you're, New, you're saying you're saying New England, New England or, or New Orleans? New England or New Orleans? <clears throat> New England or New Orleans? I think. All right. Or Excellent. or maybe or maybe try and start something with your with your Forty ers with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan maybe. Oh, but, I I think I think we're beneath Victor Cruz at this point. There's no. There's no reason for him to lower himself to the 49ers. You know the Giants backwards and forwards. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your page and um, what you tend to focus on and, and what's brought you success? I, I started I started my account like the end of the dreadful 2015 season, the year where the Giants blew leads every single game. And I posted – I made this account right after the – Washington Redskins had won the division in just complete, like, utter disgrace, kind of, because I knew that the Giants easily could have won that division if they just held on to leads. And I I was just, like, 
I was very pissed when I made the account just because I I just wanted to share my opinion. And then a lot and then it, a lot of people just started following it and became really big, really big part of my life now. And I I post a lot of things, like just a lot of videos and different like analysis type things and a lot of opinionated things like my opinions on basketball sometimes. I'm really happy or mad about something or even different topics around um, the NFL, but definitely primarily, almost entirely Giants, of course. So how uh, uh, how many hours a week do you think you spend on it? A lot. I don't know. Maybe like <laughs> a couple hours a day. Maybe a couple hours a day just because, of course, like the everyday life, I can't be on it all the time, but Definitely during the season. I mean, dur- definitely during the off season. It's probably more just because the off season. Well, for me, it seems longer than the actual regular season. But I mean, yeah, no, I mean during the season. Go ahead. During the season, it's a huge thing, just because yeah, we're no. in in the in the routine. But also, also I think a big thing for why my account grew so quickly. Is because of all the hype that like surrounded the Giants going to this season after all the big off season acquisitions and the new head coaching change and the draft and there's just a lot of hype going around in New York about about the Giants this year. Like a lot a lot of people thought, Oh, this is the year, including me. But I mean Now is this year two for McAdoo? This is year one for McAdoo. We just yeah. came off a twelve a twelve year run. With the Hall of Fame, with the future Hall of Fame head coach Tom Coughlin, who's now an executive in Jacksonville, which I hope he does the best there. I hope I wish the best for him. Love him. Got us two Super Bowls. Basically, every Patriots hater loves him as well. What are you looking for for uh, from the offseason for the Giants? What What do you think the big areas they need to address, and what are you looking at from the draft and free agency? Well, obviously, the offensive line is the biggest issue. Eric Flowers had maybe one of the worst second-year seasons of any player I can think of in recent memory. Most people want to point out Todd Gurley's sophomore slump. His was nothing compared to Eric Flowers'. Eric Flowers had maybe one of the worst seasons for a tackle this season. Possibly the worst. Constant holding penalties, constant offside penalties, constant missing blocks. Eli had Eli had the quickest release in the NFL this year by a long shot, and that is no coincidence at all with the offensive line that he had, especially from his blindside left tackle. But he, I think that this year will be a fluke for Flowers. He's 22 years old. Ninth, the Jerry Reese wouldn't have picked him ninth overall if he didn't see something in him. So I mean, I think that. Eric Flowers will have a bounce back year, and but obviously we need to address more in the in the tackle position. Maybe Ryan Ramzik from Wisconsin in the draft, or maybe Andrew Whitworth in free agency to help develop Flowers if we have the money. But I mean, offensive line seems like it's the biggest issue. But for me, the biggest issue is um, keeping Jason Pierre-Paul on the roster. Ever. Every most of the D line, the D line, 
says to like, everybody on the D-line, says JPT is the one that holds them together. He's like the glue. So losing him, I think, would be a huge blow to our defense, much more than people would think. Obviously, just because of his um, infamous fireworks incident, how he doesn't have a full set of fingers. Sure. He, he, had a very, he had a very, very good season this year, if you watched him play in those 12 games this year. He had a very, very, very impressive season, constantly rushing the passer. One of the best run-stopping defensive ends in the league. I think maybe top two. I'd say second to maybe Olivier Vernon, not going to lie. Just from run from the run-stopping perspective, I think the Giants last year are the two best run-stopping defensive ends. But um, And obviously the best run-stopper in the league in Damon Harrison. But I think that so, we... So you focus on offense is the line. What about on defense? Keeping Jason Pierre-Paul is definitely the biggest issue, biggest priority, no matter what. And if it does come to giving him $17 million a year, sign me up for it. Because if we give him that money, he's not getting a five-year, $85 million deal like Olivier Vern. He's going to get maybe a three-year, $45 million deal, which I'd be fine with because then I I think that that would be very good, especially because then we would be able to maybe restructure, sign Landon Collins, best safety in the league, definitely should have got deep defensive player of the year, in my opinion, to a longer deal, and and definitely Odell Beckham Jr., who, if the Giants don't pick up his um, fifth-year option on his contract, he'll be entering a contract season this season, and would be set to be a free agent in the 2018 offseason. God, I can't imagine so, they they wouldn't pick up that option. I I don't either. <laughs> but I think that I honestly um with the fifth year option in Odell, I honestly think that they're not going to because I think that they're going to work out probably the the largest um money contract for a wide receiver in NFL history. I feel like that's what's coming for him just because of what he's done in such a short amount of time. In just three years, and like Eli's last three years, he's already caught more touchdowns from Eli than any other receiver, tight end, running back ever that Eli's played with, which says something. In like 35 games, I think. Cause yeah, because he started his first year on the on the bench with the hamstring injury, right? Yeah, it started for the first quarter of the season on the bench with the hamstring injury, uh, actually. So he only played three quarters of a rookie season at 12 touchdowns in 12 games, 91 catches, and 1,305 receiving yards. It's, that was one of the best um, rookie seasons ever for no, any position. The thing you got to worry about with him is he seems to be teetering on that Turning into Terrell Owens, kind of, he's he's on on the edge of that. I'm pushing the envelope with you know kind of he, he is, a distraction. I don't think he's a distraction. I think that a bigger distraction would be not having. I, you take the good and the bad with a with a player that talented. Because also, I don't think that he's close to the level that Terrell Owens is at. He's not even remotely close to that level. Not even at Randy Moss's. It's just the difference today is that, like, um, the media has become much bigger and larger, more influence on 
And also, what people forget is Lawrence Taylor, the best giant of all time, was the exact same way. So I mean, like you, you have to when when you have a player that great, you have to keep him, and especially probably because internationally he's the face of the league right now. Like he's the most well-known player in the league, maybe besides Tom Brady, he's the most well-known NFL player right now. So I think that you have to keep him, and I don't honestly I don't see him going anywhere else besides New York. Like I can't see him leaving New York, especially because of that media market and I don't think that they would ever release him unless it unless it was like a Victor Cruz situation with the salary cap. So I mean I I, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, see, I can't see that happening. I, I can't I can't see you guys not paying him. Can't see the Giants not paying him, but I can absolutely see him trying to go to a division rival uh just to just to stick it to the Giants off. if yeah. I think I, I, he, he, if if we were to let him go, he'd, he'd definitely do that. I would not be surprised. Or he would, or if he were like to retire and it wouldn't end well, I wouldn't be surprised if he did something like Tiki Barber did, and then like they won the Super Bowl the initial year he retires after. No, that was crazy. What happened then? Yeah, because Tiki uh, Tiki kind of bailed on you guys there uh, just unexpectedly. He bailed on us. He went to NBC, ripped, ripped Coughlin, Eli constantly. He said Eli wasn't a, a leader. And then, of course, they won the Super Bowl the initial year. He leaves. And really no Giants fan likes him. But that's, that's aside from the fact. Yeah, I but think I, you've I, got I, the, I, the, the, Barber, the Barber twins are uh, revered, are, are thought of very differently by the fan bases. I think the Buccaneers fans absolutely love Rombe. Giants, Giants fans have a different opinion on Giants. Tiki. Giants fans do not like Tiki. Oh, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question right now. What, what, sure. what do you What do you think of um, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? What are, what are your opinions on them? Oh man, uh, you know what? At this point, I am back to pre-Harbaugh levels of frustration with uh, with the Forty Nineers ownership. Um, so I'm I'm Ted York. Ted York. Maybe the the worst owner in the league. He's I'm, he's he's Daniel Snyder, but with less hair. He's he's the Jim Dolan of the of the NFL. Basically, he's been handed a franchise, a, a glorified franchise that he has run into the ground. Him and his family have run it into the ground. Um, you know, it's they got lucky with Harbaugh. Harbaugh was local, had a young family. They, they, didn't want to. He was local, had a young family. Didn't want to uproot them. Was coming from Stanford. It was a perfect scenario, and just like he's screwed up everything else uh, with the 49ers, he's man. He managed to screw that situation up as well. But the, um, you know, I think I'll be excited about the 49ers when they start winning again. I'll be a fan. I'll watch every game and and all all, all that stuff. But you know, I'll be I'll be anticipating good things when they start winning again. But right now, you know, I, I fully expect at this point, I fully expect Kyle Shanahan to be uh Denver, Denver, Josh McDaniels all over again. Um, it's that's just the, the, the dark cloud that hangs over this team is, is Jed York and his, um, his stupid football stadium. You know, it's just, it's, it's not a good situation. Well, my opinion on Jed York is probably spot like, pinpoint exactly what yours is 
except there's there's one thing I I really don't like about the the Kyle Shanahan hiring, and it's just Kyle Shanahan's ego. You saw it in Washington with RG3 and his, and being the offensive coordinator for his father, Mike Shanahan. You saw his ego there. You saw it in Cleveland. And then the most clear-cut, evident person he is came out when he said that um, it isn't his fault that the Falcons blew that 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. It was absolutely Kyle Shanahan's fault that he doesn't have a ring with the Atlanta Falcons right now. Is absolutely his fault, and if he can't blame himself when he's in the wrong, I don't think that he'll ever be a good head coach. And he'll that, and I feel like if the San Francisco experiment doesn't work out for him, he'll blame it on John Lynch. He'll be like, "Oh, I didn't get enough talent." I mean, if he blames it on Jed York, that's probably the only way that I could probably agree with him. But other than that, I mean, I I just don't, I can't see him doing well, and obviously. Jed York has a has a problem with head coaches not winning in their first year, hence the fact that Jim Tom Sula got fired after his first year and Chip Kelly, same thing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jed York fires Kyle Shanahan the the next offseason after this if he doesn't have a winning season. Yeah, I I can't see him firing. I think I think York's got no choice but to give Shanahan at least three years. There's just, you know, they're already still, they're still paying Tom Sula. They're still paying Chip Kelly. You know, they're going to be paying three coaches now. I think the team is terrible enough and the fans know that it's terrible enough that, you know, the fans just don't want the team to be boring. They want, you know, it to at least have some hope there. Uh, I think the reason that Tom Sula got fired is because the team was boring. I think the reason that Chip Kelly got fired was because the team was bad. The team was terrible. Um, And, you know, now Shanahan and Lynch, I think, are both going to get at least three years to get this thing turned around. If there's, if there's no, um, you know, if there's, if there's still no quarterback at the end of three years, then I could see, you know, I, I could see them moving on again. But, you know, I think at the very least we'll have, you know, the Niners will have a good offense, which but I said that before this year when they brought on Chip Kelly. So, you know, like I said, it, it, my my opinion of the 49ers is such that I'll start getting excited about them when they start winning. I mean, even going back you to think the, first, the first Harbaugh season, you know, it was seven or eight wins before I started getting excited about the team. Um, it was – you know, they, they were 7-1, 8-1, and I was still waiting for the other shoe to drop because there had been so much nonsense that had gone on with Mike Nolan and Singletary and uh, Dennis Erickson before that, and there was just too much bad blood there between me and the 49ers that, you know, I didn't, I couldn't really start to, to rip away at the scar tissue from, from those years until, you know, we started to look like a really good team. And, and, and you know, we, I knew we had a good defense going into that season, but the things that Harbaugh was able to do with the offense were, were just fantastic. So, um, you know, it was obviously was a, a gut punch there. Um, I'm convinced that the 49ers would have beat the, the Patriots in that Super Bowl. 
So, you know, I I do think that Kyle Williams absolutely handed you guys a Super Bowl there. He did. But, uh, you know, these things happen. Two times. He had two, chan- he had two chances and blew both of them. Yeah, and if Ted if Ted Ginn's uh, Ted Ginn's not hurt, maybe it's a different uh, maybe it's a different game. But you know, maybe when, maybe it is. But yeah, you your backup. Sam, Sam happy. So tell but me like, about yourself, um, Charlie. What you know? How old are you? You know what? Tell me about your history with the Giants. Well, obviously, well, the first year that I really cared about the Giants was a very good season for the Giants. They won the Super Bowl, two thousand seven. I was like. Seven or eight, so I was very young then. But it was it was a very good season that year. So like that was a great season, Super Bowl winning season. So obviously my experiences as a Giants fan got off to probably the most ideal start that it could be at. So living in New York, going to games all the time, it's just. I've never really been mad, like extremely mad at the Giants until 2010, week 15, with Sean Jackson. That's all I'm going to say because that was one of the that was like one of the first games I went to. So that was obviously a tough game to endure, and that was like the first time I was legitimately mad at the team. Or actually, no, that was like that was the first team I was like disappointed. Mad, but the first time I was like disappointed was when they went like they started five and zero in two thousand nine. Ended up going eight and eight. That's happened a lot recently with a lot of different teams. But um, that Plaxico Burris shooting himself in the leg, we could have won the Super Bowl back to back. Then also, um, twenty thirteen starting zero and six. That was very painful. Maybe 2014, six and ten had had set, had a seven game losing streak in the middle of the season. That was rough. And then of course 2015 was like almost a tipping point where they um where they blew leads every single game and it was just it was just awful. But I mean I I'm obviously gonna stick around because I'm a loyal fan. But it's like it it got really bad. It got firing a head coach that's been around for 12 years and won you two Super Bowls. Kind of bad. Yeah, and I think it was anytime you get to that 10, 12 year mark, that's that's a good time for for a coach and and kind of team to move. It's, well, it's it's a good time for the team to and the coach to kind of part ways. I think it's you know after 10, 12 years that there's you know your your speeches start to sound the same. Um, you know, there's just a lot of repetition there. It obviously worked in a big way twice, but yeah, I, th- I can understand them wanting to move on, especially with you know the way that the league is going and the way that McAdoo runs that offense, it, that spread offense, throwing the ball uh, all over the place. I think fits where the league is going, and you know, I, th- I think your ownership probably made the right choice there to, you know. McAdoo is going to get a job either with the Giants or probably with somebody else. And when you've got an when you've got an offensive talent like you do with McAdoo, you know you do what you can to hang on to him. It's kind of the same thing that the Bucks just did with uh, Lovey Smith and and uh, Dirk Cutter. Was um, you know you've got the offensive guy there in house, make sure you hang on to him. Um, and uh, so I think you know I think you're actually going to be seeing fewer and fewer defensive coaches get the top job. 
because teams see just how important it is to have continuity on offense. And, you know, the continuity on defense isn't quite as important, although Saints fans will probably disagree with that. Um, but, you know, yeah. I think I think that the continuity on offense is going to be driving a lot more head coaches um, that are that have an offensive background first and foremost. What, what do you think about free agency? There's been a lot. There's a lot of players that I think will be on the move. One of them being Alshon Jeffrey to a team that I really would rather not have him go to. I think he'll be going to Philadelphia, playing with Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson. I don't know. I just I, I'm just getting that vibe from free agency right now that he's going to go there. I think, um, of course, Eric Berry, Kirk Cousins, and Le'Veon Bell, they're all going to stay where they are. But then, of course, the Redskins receivers, I think that Deshaun Jackson will go to L.A., go back to his hometown, reunite with his offensive coordinator in Washington and Sean McVay. And, I mean, those are really the big two free agent moves I think will be going on. What do you think? What do you think are two – like the two you, biggest ones that you think like, you think like, you think Alshon to the Eagles is what you're saying, and then uh, and then Deshaun Jackson to the Rams, right? Those you think those are yeah, the two marquee moves. Saying. I think those are going to be like the two biggest like player moves because I think that um, I think Dante Hightower is obviously going to stay in New England. Like if you win two Super Bowls in three years, you're not leaving, especially when they traded arguably their best two defenders to yeah, they, have they, money they, they to definitely you. Yeah, they traded they traded away Chandler Jones and uh, Jamie Collins specifically, I think, to hang on to, to Hightower. To keep and, on to you know, Hightower. Yeah, the, ga- the gamble worked. I mean, uh, Bill Belichick got his fifth ring, and he's, he got the picks from uh, uh, Cleveland and Arizona, and now he can also sign Hightower. So, you know, just it's just Bill Belichick uh, being smarter than the rest of the league all over again. Um, obviously, exactly. Obviously, receiver's going to be deep, it looks like. Um, I think there's a chance that the Bears franchise Alshon again just because there's nobody else the on that se- team. The $17 million. Um, I, I wouldn't say nobody else on that team. Jordan Howard had a very good rookie season. He had He was second in the league in rushing yards in 12 games. Howard. Leonard Floyd had a very good season. I think that Danny Trevathan had a good season. Um, Pernell McKenzie, their defense is pretty underrated. Alshon is the name guy. Now that Cutler's gone, Alshon's the name guy on that offense. Oh, him and Wait, Howard. Is it, is it official and that Cutler's gone? I, he's pretty much is gone. It? I can't imagine that they're... Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Last, there's no, there's no, there's no way. They, an they, they need a... Uh, they need a new face uh, behind behind center right now. So, so yeah, I, you know, free agency. There's always going to be one or two things that, that shock me. I think I'd be blown away if uh, if Deshaun Jackson went to L.A. I, I think he's probably more likely to end up in Philly than Alshon. Um, you I don't know, think, I think he's going to Philly. I don't think he wants to go back to Philly. I think that I think that he thinks Philly dissed him, dissed him by cutting. No, him. I, well, I definitely think, Chip Kelly did. I think it, I think everybody blames that on Chip Kelly, and I think um, you know I think there's, there was even something I saw today, some rumor that McCoy was going to get cut, and uh, he might be going back to the Eagles. Um, so you know I think I think those guys have a strong you know some some strong feelings for Philly, and you know I I think they can easily blame that on and the owner you know this is what the owner was talking about with 
you know, when they fired Chip Kelly, this is, you know, talking about emotional intelligence and all this other stuff. Like, they were not happy with the way that he treated some of the veteran players there. And I think it's already built in that it was all Chip Kelly's fault. I don't know that they're going to roll out the red carpet for Deshaun Jackson, but he'd fit that offense. Um, You know, I like Jordan Matthews, um, but he would fit that offense, you know, in that take-the-top-off role that every team needs. Um, I wouldn't mind Deshaun Jackson coming to the Niners. Um, You know, he's, you know, went to school in Berkeley. Um, So, you know, I could see him getting a, a one last big contract from a desperate Jed York. You know, I think that's within the realm think, of possibility. I think he wants to get money. I think he, I think he'll go where um, where he can get the most money. So, obviously, San Francisco is much more cap space than both the Rams and the Eagles. So, I mean, if he if he did get a big deal from San Francisco, I wouldn't be surprised if he went there. Because, like you mentioned, he did go to Berkeley for college. So. Yeah, so I think I think there's a couple places. I think McVay in LA makes sense. I think San Francisco and the Berkeley connection makes sense, and I think that uh, Philly and the the nostalgia there makes sense as well. So, but um, he's he's definitely one to watch. He's old, and he's always going to have you know he he tends to start running it. Those those fast receivers don't age real well. When when their legs start to go, it happens quickly. So I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't expect him to get a long contract from anybody, but he could certainly make a splash. You know, I think this is his last chance to get a big contract. So I fully expect him to take um, take the take the money and um, and go wherever go wherever shown in the cash. Who do you think goes number one in the draft? Miles here. It's a it's a lock. It's a lock for me. Yeah, I, I, feel, I, mean, I, I, hope, like I, I hope he goes too. Of course you do, but I mean, yeah, I hope he goes too. I think he goes one, and I don't, I don't know if, 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 as if, like for the Forty ers I don't know if you do get a quarterback this year or possibly wait next year, because um, Sam Darnold from USC probably going to be the first overall pick next year, and. From the current trend of the 49ers, I wouldn't be surprised if they had the first pick next year because the Browns are kind of on the rise. They're they're definitely going more places than the 49ers are at this point. Very weird for me saying the Browns are doing better than a team at any point, but the Browns are building from from the bottom up. They have an organized, they have a plan or orchestrating right now. I know what they're doing after that after trading back last year. Corey Coleman was also a great pick that they made last year, and Emmanuel Osba, and even Cody Kessler looked all right. But I, but they definitely know what they're doing right now because they know that a lot of losing can turn into a lot of winning eventually. So, I mean, I think that that's a huge experiment. They're definitely, like, they know what they want in their franchise going forward. And I don't really see that in the 49ers. So, I mean, I could definitely see them having the first overall pick next year. I actually, before the season started, I thought that they would have a worse record than Cleveland just because I did not trust them at all in terms of, in besides Navarro Bowman. Like, that's, that's really their only serviceable player. They could trade Navarro Bowman for a first-round pick, I think. Uh, and he's coming it's, off, a, he's, he's coming off an, uh, of a big injury to his leg. Um, ooh, that's so. his second one now? 
Yeah, so I think this one's is, uh, this is an Achilles third injury round, for maybe. him. Second or third round. I'd, I think I second think or third round. The fans would, what's left of the fan base would revolt if you got rid of Navarro Bowman. It, there's, there, you know. He's, 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 your last, he's your last piece from the Harbaugh era. Yeah, I mean, him, Staley, um, you know, it's it's pretty thin there. As far as as far as players that I don't mind, I I don't mind Carlos Hyde. I don't like the way he runs. I I you know coming off of uh, watch getting to watch Frank Gore almost his entire career, you know I don't like the way Carlos Hyde runs. Um, but you know the the guys that the team has to hang on to, I think I think they've got three really good safeties. I think uh, Bowman is fantastic as long as he's healthy. And um, Buckner and Armstead, I think, are going to be very legit. So I think our defense could be okay. I'd be surprised with the with the youth on defense and um, Kyle Shanahan coming in if we were drafting in the top five. But I think we'll definitely have a top ten pick next year. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know if if, if you go quarterback now, get maybe Trubisky or Kaiser or Watson, probably not Watson, but um, or do you wait for next year, knowing that it is almost certain that you're going to have a top ten pick next year? Yeah, I'd rather them. I'd you know what? I'd rather them try. And I say get the best player this. available. That's that's usually my philosophy. I don't think that. I think the best route for building a team is to uh, take a few quarterbacks there in the middle of the draft, um, even if you got to take one every year, to try and find that Russell Wilson or or Dak Prescott there that is cheap. Um, and you yeah, can just, and I, I, I like how you use Dak Prescott and um, Russell Wilson as examples because I was going to say there, there won't be another Tom Brady in terms of a sixth round pick. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. such an aber that's such an aberration. I think it's you know I, well, I don't think anybody's ever going to win five Super Bowls again. Um, so I mean yeah, I think I think Tom Brady especially in the salary cap driven era. Yeah, I think I think it's the, the you know the Brady Belichick thing is a once in a lifetime uh, marriage. Um, you know, but uh, obviously you could probably say that about the Walsh and Montana years. I mean, there's going to be another. Well, I mean, coach I mean Montana, has, but the thing is like. It's not as special because for Belichick and Brady won two more Super Bowls than Montana did with Walsh because um, Montana's last Super Bowl, Walsh wasn't the head coach. I yeah, forgot, I, mean, was, I forgot it, his name, but it was it was, it was George Seifert. It was, I mean, that was as much a Bill Walsh team as anything. I mean, he, you know, they went it, back. It, back it was 88. Bill Walsh's team. It, it was Bill Walsh's team, just you know, just like Barry Switz's Cowboys Super Bowl winning team, like that. Yeah, exactly. So, what um, what are you thinking for the Giants' record in 2017? Looks like you've got you've got the NFC West and the AFC West as your court as your outside division opponents yep. this year. Mm-hmm. And we play um, Detroit and Tampa as like the two outlying teams. So I mean I think that I think that we can go I I'm gonna go extremely optimistic here and say possibly as as good as thirteen and three, depending on how the off season goes. Because if, if we improve the offensive line or and are able to keep Jason Pierre Paul and 
if we could keep Jonathan Hankins and Pierre Paul for some miracle and and improve in the O line, I think that the sky's the limit at that point. I don't think that there's any team that would be able to stop the Giants if they keep their defense the way it is right now and they add more talent on the offensive side of the football. I, I just can't see uh, any team, not even New England, stopping us. I, I can't. I can't see it. I think the. I think the even, problem. Even Dallas. Just looking at your schedule right now, I think. I think the only thing standing in the way of of having a really great season for you guys is that this could be. A, you've got a competitive division. You know the Redskins are are going to be solid, provided they keep their quarterback. Um, the Cowboys are obviously going to be real solid. And then you've got the AFC West, which is, you know, there's three or four very Probably solid. just a solid. Very AFC solid. AFC West That's, and NFC East are the two best divisions in football. And then, you know, if you get a bounce-back season from the Cardinals, the Seahawks are always tough, and the Rams, you know, if they can. The Seahawks are a very bad road team, though, and, and we get them at home where, where we um, won seven of our eight home games. Yeah, I mean, I we the Giants had a great home season, and the, and the Seahawks had a, an awful season on the road. They went below 500 on the road, I, I believe. They went yeah, I mean, three, four, and one. I I think well, I think my point being that if you're going to have one of those seasons that you know where you go eight and eight or nine and seven, I think you'll be at a point to the schedule and say there's a lot of talent on that schedule, you know. But if you mm-hmm. guys, you know, if if you guys can can survive that schedule. I we think are, you're, if we if we survive that schedule, I think honestly, we can make we can make a run at the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that we could make it run at the Super Bowl just if we keep this defense again. Because maybe Eric Flowers just had an off year. What if what if he what if we don't really get any better players? And Eric Flowers is maybe one of the most valuable seasons for an offensive tackle next year. It's very. It's almost like certainly going to be out of the question. It's definitely, almost certainly not going to happen. But if he does have even half the season that Joe Tom, even like a quarter of what Joe Thomas does every season, then I think that the, that the Giants will have a much better season because when Eli when Eli has more time to throw the ball, he does much better. Like the 2011 season is best season of his career. He had a lot of time to throw the ball. I just saw a lot of things like of um I saw some highlights of Victor Cruz in the 2011 season and somebody sent me it and I and I and he said look at the time that you know, I had in the pocket and I was extremely impressed so when he has time in the pocket he can he can um, make any throw the problem is people said that he's really inaccurate but you have to look at the offensive line on that so I mean it. it if the offensive line improves, our running game will improve, our passing, our overall offense will improve, and then a Super Bowl run could be primed to happen. I like. How do you um? How do you handle it when some when you post something and somebody doesn't give you credit? I usually don't like it just because like I'm I'm I made it. I work like I work on making my content. And then when somebody doesn't give me credit for making something, I usually don't like it just because it's my work. I know that it is. And 
then people think that it's theirs, and it just it just it, it just annoys me. Just like any anything for anyone. Yeah, no, I just had it. I just had it happen yesterday. I had uh, two of the bigger um, meme accounts on. Uh, I've got about twelve coming up on thirteen thousand followers, and um, I put out a uh, uh, Valentine's Day Tom Brady thing. Roses are red, violets are blue. Thanks for that twenty-five point lead that you blew. Um, and then uh, best NFL memes uh, through redid it and put it up. They at least tagged me. And then uh, NFL memes IG put it up. They did not tag me. Of course, yeah, they, didn't. So, of course yeah. they didn't. So do you block people that do that, or how do you end up handling no. that? I usually talk. I usually try and DM the person and see, oh yeah, like can you give me credit, or like somebody just recently um did that to me and i said like oh sick vid where'd you where'd you get that from because it was the video i posted and they were like oh stop i give you credit and they didn't and um but so, so what is the right way to give somebody credit um i've got my own ideas on this but what is the right way to give somebody credit on on uh, on ig i say usually like the parentheses and say like the uh and then tag the person. So do you put do you, tag, like, do you tag into the picture or do you just put there? Do you just put in the caption, or do you do both? I put it in the cap. I, I do both. Okay, cool. So we're in we're in complete agreement. Now there was one meme that I put out there. I didn't get a chance to. I didn't rip on the Giants a whole bunch this year, um, but that Thursday night mm-hmm. game, the color rush game. There were um, there were a lot of opportunities to rip on the Giants this year. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, I just passed on. I passed on some of them, or I didn't have because all all the stuff that I put up I, is original. I, I sometimes it, somebody just beats me to it, and there's just a really great joke out there, and I just like listen. I'm not going to do better than that. The one that I did put out there was oh, just no. like the Bills play like the Bills. Um, I got a lot of. I got a ton of likes from it. I think it was my second most liked picture of the uh, of the year. I also got five or six hundred people trying to uh, argue with me that they didn't look like the Bills jerseys. Um, they don't look like the Bills jerseys. Re- you really? They don't. Listen, I, I, no, I see where people are coming from. I see where people are coming from, but the shade of blue is much darker. I think. Okay, here's here's the problem with the jerseys, right? Even because everybody's telling me that they're, they're, everybody, they're everybody's throwback. telling me it's a throwback. You can't. And the problem with the jerseys is that they're so there's so much white that it's so easy. Like, and even if you look at the throwback, even if you look at the '80s Jim Kelly jerseys and the '80s Phil Simms jerseys, those jerseys are super similar. It's just they they have similar color. It's a similar colorway. It's a similar color scheme. Exactly. And it's it's so similar of a color scheme to like not have similar uniforms. But the thing is, everybody says the Giants look like the Bills. Because the Bills' style of uniform right now is similar to their because they rock right now they rock that all white yeah they rock that all white colorway so um, yeah I I mean I I don't I don't think the dress like the Bills thing because first of all the Giants don't wear a white helmet and I I actually have my own color rush jersey at my house the Landon Collins one so I mean. No, that was people what was always, funny. People, what was funny to me was everybody was telling me it was a throwback jersey, and then I went on the Giants website, and the way that it was advertised was New York Giants color, color up jersey. So, um, no, listen, I I like 
I like the uniforms. It was just Eli's out there throwing pick, you know, in an in an all white. Three passes though. Uh, he's out sixty passes that weren't intercepted. Did you guys win that game? I don't, I don't even remember if you guys won that game. You lost. Yeah, you lost. Obviously, dress like the Bills, play like the Bills. <clears throat> well, I tend to. I like to. I, I like to put my means up before the game's over. I like to try and get out ahead of stuff, and um, you know, oh, sometimes. And Sometimes it doesn't end that way. It just pisses people off. Sometimes it doesn't end that way, and I end up oh, I'm I one way or another I'm going to piss some people off. I'm either going to I'm going to be right, and uh, you know, like I I put up a, a Tom Brady I'll be missing you meme from uh, about midway through the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden he just starts throwing darts all over the field, and I'm like oh, okay I'll take this one down. This one's not worth the bullshit. Do, do you ever do that? Do you ever take uh, posts down that aren't working for you? Yeah, sometimes. Then I repost some maybe later or something. I just I just looked at uh, one of the things that you posted. Like jerseys ranked off one authentic, two throwback, three New Jersey that lasts like the twelfth fan jersey. So that's pretty. Yeah, funny. God, those those are terrible. I hate those people. Those those are like it's such, it's such a stupid jersey to have. Like. Oh yeah, I'm the Seahawks fan, so I'm gonna wear a jersey that says "fan" on the back. Like, we get it that you're a fan just because you're wearing a Seahawks jersey. You don't need to say "fan" on the back. And the fact that they retired the number twelve for the twelfth man in, in Seattle, I, I just find that sad. Uh, I, as a Niner fan, I, it's terrible. Um, I don't know. I'm, somehow I'm going to have to – my goal is to do one of these podcasts with a different fan page Seattle on Instagram. Fan. I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through that conversation without – I'm going to have to have a stress ball here. I have a, um, I have a, I have a couple friends that are Seattle fans, and they're like, oh, don't start me with 49ers fans talking about their Super Bowls. I'm like, Seattle – Threw an interception at the one yard line that costed them a dynasty. Like that's that's what I always tell my friends. Yeah. No, I mean it's um, how, do have, how, do, how do you have Seahawks fans in New York? Um, they they, they claim they're they they were born in Seattle or something like that. I'm like, then why aren't you a Mariners fan? I know some who's like Seahawks, Chicago Bulls, and Yankees. Like, yeah, that yeah. Those guys can go play in traffic. Exactly. Um, I mean, it just it, Seahawks fans are probably up there in the most annoying fan bases. I'm not going to say the most annoying because most people would agree with me on this one. The Cowboys have the most annoying fans. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I Cowboys. I got you know I'm I'm a little older than you. I think double. The Cowboys were so good there in the early '90s, and God, it was just. And the Niners were good, and the, those all those NFC Championship games that could have gone either way. Then we, then I didn't have to hear from them for like 20 years. It was fantastic. You know, they just kind of kept finishing eight and eight. It was awesome. I mean, the Niners were terrible. I would have killed for eight and eight some of those years. But yeah, I, I think. Listen, I think. I mean, Niners fans can get real annoying sometimes. You know, I hate the the people that bring up the the five Super Bowl things. It's like, guys, it was like literally 22 years ago was our last Super Bowl. I mean, that's exactly. that's a whole like, that's a whole it. there's a whole generation of people that uh, only know I'm the San Francisco teams as terrible, except for the Harbaugh years. Exactly. So, 
you know, it, they they look and nice. I mean, the, they look nice in the trophy case, but they're they're worthless right now. Just like um, I I I say this about like when other NFC East fan bases say something about the Cowboys' job. There aren't Giants fans because the Giants' drought is barely a drought. Six years is not a drought. I mean, for for me, it feels like a drought just because I have experienced two Super Bowls being a fan of the Giants already, and I'm not even in college yet. So I mean, like that's you. Maybe only Patriots fans have also experienced that. Like I think I think age. you can. I think there's ten teams but, um, probably that just should never win a Super Bowl, and it's probably the. I mean, we're talking the Jaguars, the Lions, the Browns. Um, the Texans should never win the Super Bowl. There's probably 10 teams that should never win the Super Bowl. So if, if you the, okay, the Eagles, the, um, but there's, there's, I mean, a solid 10 fans that are, but I can't see them. Uh, there's 10 teams that should never win a Super Bowl. They should just, should, I agree that, with you on that, that. That means that I think a drought would be anything over 20 years. I like guess, it, yeah. so, you know, you can, Browns you know, as a drought, Lions as a drought. I mean, Giants isn't really a drought. It's maybe like the is just normal. Oh, like, we, like you, a month without rain. I'll say I'll say a month without rain. Yeah, this a is drought. this is this is like the sprinkler not going on at the right time. Like you know, exactly. this, is, this is nothing. <laughs> so I mean, um, like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely nothing. Six six years is absolutely nothing. But like the the Redskins drought is longer than the Cowboys drought. The Eagles obviously have never won so so it annoys me when Eagles and Redskins fans talk about the the Cowboys Super Bowl drought. Just because yeah, like there's they've, 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 they've got no like they've got no like to stand mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. And also like the Giants have been the best team in the NFC East since the turn of the century. They've made three Super Bowls, won two of them. Because they won yeah, two in no. two thousand. No, you've got a you got a hell you got a hell of a franchise there, very stable organization. I think um you know, I think you've also, got it annoys me like the, the the Pittsburgh fans also really annoy me. I don't know, it's just because I don't like in terms of like receivers in the league, I really don't believe Antonio Brown is even remotely close to the best receiver in the league. Most people would disagree with me on that, but I mean yeah, when I when uh, I watch him when when I watch him play, he he runs one route. He, he runs a drag route, and that's it. That's the, that's the only route I ever see him run. I don't I don't see him run a lot of routes off the route tree. I see Odell run a lot of routes. I see Julio Jones run a lot of routes. AJ Green, Ty Hilton, one of the most underrated players in the league in general. Um, you, you know what I mean? I uh, listen. I I love Antonio Brown, man. I think he's uh, if if I think he's he's as good a wide receiver as there is in the league. I think it's, I think it's him, Julio and Beckham as the top three. And then AJ is like a close fourth. Um, but, I mean, uh, I feel like, I feel like you can put Julio or Odell flip flop. I say it's like one A, one B for, for Odell and Julio. But I think that Antonio Brown would be like three. Yeah. I mean, like that's Antonio like, Brown is, is three for me. I think the, but, like, the knock it's so, on it's so hard for, the the knock on the knock, um, on the knock on Antonio is that when when Roethlisberger's out, he hasn't played very well. And I mean, um, and you can't you can't you can't say something about Odell because obviously Eli hasn't missed a start in twelve years, so we don't know what Odell is without Eli. So I think yeah. 
I can't say anything about him. Oh, well, he's better without like he's better than without Eli than Antonio is without Big Ben because obviously Eli's the most durable quarterback in the league. Maybe besides Tom Brady, he's up there, one of the most durable players in the league. He hasn't missed a like he hasn't missed a start since his since he made his debut in November 2004. Yep. So I mean, like, of course, like, if you have one quarterback for almost your for your entire career as of this point, um, you're obviously gonna have better chemistry than you are if your quarterback is out every now and then. So I mean, like, you have to put that into account. But also, I feel like, I mean, Antonio Brown when the um when they need him the most, I feel like he's not the one that's stepped up. I feel like it's Big Ben. I feel like it's Le'Veon Bell. And then in the in the playoffs, I know he got hurt, but that game was taken over by Martavis Bryant. That playoff game in Cincinnati, Martavis Bryant took over that game, I feel like, in the first three quarters. The Cincinnati game in 2015. Yep. I feel like Mart- Martavis Bryant took over that game, and then, of course, the Bengals took the lead. And then Fontes perfect, and Jeremy Hill blew the game. But like, what you gonna do? You know what I mean there? Yeah, but no, I mean I like, of course, the, the, the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers draft wide receivers better than anybody in football, I think, and that's. Uh, that's um, I 100% agree with you. Antonio Brown sixth round pick, Martavis Bryant second or third round pick. I mean, even even, even, even going back to even going back to San Antonio Holmes, behind Ward and Plaxico and Plaxico um, just picked eighth overall. Emmanuel Sanders and you know, there's just a, there's a ton of talent, but they they know how to pick wide receivers. They're a lot. They're just a long stream of receivers. So but I I I don't like. Usually, the Giants don't draft receivers very well. Plaxico is a free agent signing. Amani Toomer was one of the good draft picks they had. Victor Cruz was undrafted. Like he was a gem. Found undrafted, um, but Hakeem Nix was pretty serviceable. Uh, of course, Odell, but like the Giants aren't really known for drafting receivers. Well, I feel like their their seat is like defense and linebackers. Not not as not as much as of late. But, like linebackers, definitely like secondary. They've been spot on the past couple of years, except for maybe like Quentin Kamara. But I mean, he, he was also pretty serviceable for this. Yeah, he was. I mean, listen, what you want from that first round is a starter. I mean, they don't have to. Not everybody's going to turn into a Hall of Famer. And you know, exactly. a, a Mukamaro will be starter. And yeah, so want a Super Bowl? Uh, well, hey, man, this, Super is, Bowl, so. this is this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. No problem. Great to, any, great to be on. Any, uh, Super Football Talk podcast. We got Big Blue View on here uh, on Instagram, so go give them a follow. For obviously a, a super knowledgeable Giants fan, so um, if you guys want to keep up on the Giants, go give Big Blue View a follow. I'll tag him in the in the post. Uh, thanks for listening.